So I'm going to talk about cleaning house. Who would? That's right. Come on. We like cleaning. Everyone else is like, mm-mm, don't talk about this. Yeah, see? Donna's got a new vacuum. I was so excited. I ran out to the car to see it. That seems weird to the majority of people. And she got a steam mop, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I asked her what she was going to name it, and she's like, ah, think about that. It, that went a little too crazy for her because all my vacuums have names. I've had Aaron. I've had Shakira. I have Sharky, Kerbina. You know, I could probably name them all. I love vacuums. I don't know why. I just like how it just, you know, I think it just is that representation of, like, all the dirt you can't even see. And when you pull that over, you can hear it just being removed. So I'm going to talk about that today, actually. So that's funny. That's back. So, so I want to tell you a story about puke. It's just getting better and better today, isn't it? I'll tell you how you need to clean your house. I'm going to tell you about puke. It's 100 degrees in here. We're good to go. So, so I thought this was awesome. So I have a big living room, and I was like, you know, I need a carpet. I go on there. I find one on clearance. Guess what color it is? White! Yes, you guys are really good at this. You must be prophetic. Um, so I thought, you know, it's in the living room. I have an entryway. I'll just tell people not to, you know, don't, don't let your kids eat in here. It's fine. Like, it'll work out. My kids are older, right? It'll work out. So I had, we've had our addition for three years. You know, in three years, not one person has puked in my living room. I get the carpet, and every single person comes over, and you know where they puke? On the carpet. Some of you are laughing because some of it has been your kids. And not just like a little puke, it's like exercise. Because you know, kids don't know to like stop and puke. They're like, oh, I feel sick. You know? And it's not like, it's got to be like the opposite color. So I have these pigs. I'm trying to get it out, and most of the stains are coming out. Then I thought, you know what? It's not a big deal. Life happens. The parents felt worse. I'm like, you know, it's fine. I just, I just move my carpet around. You know, two or three times in, do you know there's only so many ways you can rearrange the carpet so you don't see these stains? So then I thought, I'll move it to the next room, which is the dining room. Everybody already knew. They were like, you did not hear that from the Lord. Um, so then, of course, you know what happens? The dogs decide to get in the trash. And you know what? They thought, we're going to hide under the table with all this barbecue sauce trash. <sighs> yeah, so that, that rug is no longer in my house. <laughs> hey, we made it a year. A disgusting year. But we made it. So I want to talk about, so sometimes we kept rearranging this carpet to hide the stains, and eventually I couldn't hide them anymore. There was too many. They were too big. They were too deep, and I couldn't hide it. Anyone walked in, and they're like, uh, what's going on? They, they tried to be nice, but they were like, this is nasty. Except Matt. He's not nice. He's just, he'll walk in and be like, what happened? This is nasty. He's pretty honest with me. And so then I'm like, oh, i got to find a new carpet. Guess what you're going to pay for then? Here we go. Again. I did pick out three of them. True. So, but I, I thought about that. I rearranged it so it still looked new. 
and I like put the chair over it. Hey, don't move this stool. Don't move it. When people are coming over, do not move it an inch, okay? Like it's the perfect size for this stain, you know? Put these things. But eventually I couldn't hide it anymore. There were so many, and they were all over. They were so deep that I couldn't hide them. And if you, you know, when you walked in there, you're just like, why do you have this in your house? <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, why, 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 am I ha- why do I have this in my house anymore? And that happens to us sometimes. Our house is the house the Lord lives in us, right? And sometimes we allow our souls to get so dirty or messy. Eventually, no attempts to rearrange what people see in our lives or hide works and things start becoming visible, right? Sin or frustration or worry or things like that, they start, become, they start to become visible. Can't hide it anymore. Because it's all messy. And you've probably heard me say this verse before. In Luke eight seventeen, it says, For there is nothing hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come out into the open. We are not that good at hide and seek. God, we don't have to hide things. Jesus is like, I already paid for it all, so you know what? If you need something, you bring it right to the open to me. You deal with it. And I already put it on, he already paid for it on the cross, didn't he? But for some reason, we think, if I hide this and put this little stool over it, Jesus can't see that in my life. And everybody that's looking is like, oh, that's so beautiful. You know, the first day I got that carpet, everyone was like, oh, this looks awesome. People quit giving me compliments after a while. <laughs> see how that goes? But we, we do that with our lives. But God's like, you know what? You might as well just come to repentance because I'm telling you that nothing that you think that you're hiding, you're hiding. He said it's just not, he, that's not the way he created it. He didn't, he didn't create us as deceivers. Who's a deceiver? The enemy, right? So if we're trying to deceive ourselves or other people and try to make people think that we, we live in this tiny little house and we're just covering up stains and people are tripping over everything when they come into our lives because we got it in weird places, right? I think our people tripping over our junk. So sometimes, we, what are you saying? We need to clean our house, our hearts, our souls, our sp- because the Holy Spirit lives there. And the Holy Spirit doesn't need to be climbing over all the junk. He's like, I brought you a perfectly brand new clean house. Everything was already taken care of. Anything that ever comes can be taken care of. All you have to do is receive it, you know, offer forgiveness and receive forgiveness, and it'll stay clean. But what do we do? We like to hoard crap. We do. But I want to quick read in Ephesians so that we know that I want us to understand that Christ lives in us. Christ lives in us, so we are hosting, you know, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And when you host somebody, you know what? They don't want to go to the bathroom and have no toilet paper, right? They don't want to have to climb over things to get to their seat. They don't want to come over to your house and everyone yelling and screaming when you're hosting somebody, right? It's awkward. Well, Jesus lives there, and he doesn't want to do that either. So in Ephesians 3.17, it says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts 
as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. He's saying he lives in you and your strength is everything you need. Now you have. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. You may experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. You will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's pretty good. That's what we have living on the inside of us. (laughs) A love that is, like it says, wider than you can imagine, longer, deeper, you know, like nothing else. That is in you. You have that residing in you. You know, and we're throwing blankets over it and we're we're putting stuff on top of it so no one can see that because we're trying to hide all the junk that we've allowed in there. And Christ is like, you know, if they just see me, it's enough. So we need to clean up. We need to acknowledge and clean up that there's messes, there's stains, there's stains of sin that cannot be hidden. And we need to, Matt talked about what repentance means. Repent means to get rid of, turn away, throw it out. And I don't think any of us want a messy soul. We don't go, you know what, I just hope my life just sucks. Hope everyone's mad at me, don't want to make any friends. I want to feel terrible every day. No one wants that, right? So nobody wants their soul to be messy, but it gets messy for two reasons. So you can decide, you ask the Holy Spirit where, where, we, where you are if you need that. So here's some things. So the first one is, is pride. It keeps us from seeing the truth. You know, we, I don't need to clean anything up. It's always somebody else's problem. Somebody did this to me. I'm fine. It's good. You know, you think no one can see what's going on, so it's good. God sees. Even if everyone else is like, oh, this is so perfect. You're doing so good. God sees what's in your heart because he lives there. Because he lives there. So if it's pride, if you've been trying to hide everything, and the Holy Spirit, as I said that, came to you and was like, "Um, we need to deal with that, then deal with it. Start cleaning it up. The other one is, I just don't know where to start. You ever have that where you feel like, I've made so many bad choices, or I've just kept this secret or this sin for so long, I don't even know how to stop, or how to clean it up, or how how to make it right. I've been there lots of times. You ever been in an argument, and after you're done, you're like, how do I unring that bell? You know? That's a good word. Did you guys hear that? He said, doing nothing is a decision. Boom, I need that today. That was great. That was exactly, I feel like that was a word from the Lord. If you do nothing, that's what you decided. Text that to me and write that down so I don't forget it. I want to put that in. Because, you know, it's easy. You ever do that? You just are like, I'll come home sometimes when I've just been working a lot, and I'm just like, I don't want to do anything. But I need all these things to get done, but I don't want to do anything. So it's like, I don't know where to start, so I just do nothing. And then, you know what always happens? Somehow it just gets messier and dirtier, and I have more to do. I don't know how that works, but, you know. But those are what we need to do. So either we're having pride, and we're like, you know, you can't tell me what to do, and it's always somebody else, and we can't take accountability for our our own actions, our own thoughts, our own ideas. Or we're just like, I know Jesus loves me, and I don't know what to do from here. Okay, 
The first one, you might end up with getting a spanking from the Lord. <laughs> when your parents tell you no the first time, the second time, natural consequences begin to happen. But the other one, God's like, I'm waiting. I have all the wisdom you need. I know where everything goes. I know what's supposed to be here, and I know what's not. And we're going to bring it to him. But wherever we land in those, because there are going to be, maybe right now you're like, my house is pristine right now. That's great. But you know what happens as soon as you live in a house? <laughs> I mean, we could just take laundry alone. As soon as you have the last load in, someone's spilling something, someone's changing something, there are towels. Towels. Do you know that in my house, for some reason, everyone needs two towels, and once they touch your body, they must be the dirtiest thing and be radioactive because you have to throw them on the floor away from you and then put other dirty stuff so you can never pick them up again until they're washed again. I don't know how it happens, but I have an excessive amount of towels, and there's, like, I'm talking... For my house, I probably have 30 to 40 towels. That's a lot of towels. And you know what? They are never on the shelf. And I fold towels every day. I don't know what. There's like a vortex in there. Something's wrong with my closet. I put them in there. I go in to get a shower, and I got a washcloth. (laughs) That has happened to me multiple times. Or a bath mat. Do you know those are not that absorbent? (laughs) They're rubber on the other side. Don't try to use that side. It's not absorbent at all, especially in the dark. But anyways, more about I don't know what we're going on about. But either way, no matter where you are, whether your things are messy or clean, at some point we're going to have some things to clean up. So we got some work to do. I look at my house. There's always a lot going on. We have pets. We have kids, you know, um, people are coming in and out. It gets messy every day. I love when I just clean it, and then there is something that tells everybody around that I just mopped my floor, and so they put their shoes on and walk through dirt and then come right through the house and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's like this, it is like a sixth sense. And I'm just like, so you have to clean it a lot. Like, people will come to my house, like, your house is clean. I'm like, hmm, you think it's clean. I'm probably hiding some things. <laughs> Don't look at any corners. I level, people. I level. No looking up, no looking down. We're just going for it. But it gets dirty over and over and over again. Now, I can't be like, well, you know, I cleaned it once, so we're good. No, I got to clean it every day. I got to clean something every day. I mean, this morning, what well, you did dishes, I cleaned counters, you know. And then when I get home, I guarantee there will probably be stuff on counters because I left 10 minutes before everyone else. Because that's what life we live in our houses. So sometimes you have to do chores every single day. Sometimes you have to continue. It's the same with our heart. Some things we got to clean up daily. Guess what? If we're struggling with bridling our tongue and we say mean or hurtful things to or about people guess every day, guess how many... Guess how many days you got to clean it up? Every day. You don't be like, well, I cleaned it up a year ago, so now all this stuff, uh, you know, I already said sorry for this, so I can do whatever I want, and it'll take me on to heaven. It doesn't work that way. When it's all dirty and, and messed up in there, it's hard to hear what God is saying, what Christ is doing, and what he wants for us. So 
So we need to clean it up even daily sometimes. And that's through prayer. Are you talking to God? Are you, you know, sometimes it's like, Lord, I just need to speak to you. Are we having repentance? Guess what? We're going to mess up. Every single person in here, we're going to mess up probably numerous times until we're in heaven. But he said, that's why I offered you repentance. You just ask for forgiveness. And he puts us right back in right standing. Sometimes we just need revelation. We just don't know. And when we read God's word and we hear God's word spoken, we're like, I didn't even know that. Just like the, what you said today. Like, you know, what it, I already forgot it. What is it? Doing nothing is a choice. John, you left me hanging. And I told you I would forget. And I, thank you. Doing nothing is a choice. Just as we learned that, like that was revelation, like that's so true. Teaching, you know, being taught, uh, learning, and having fellowship, sometimes those things help you clean it up. You ever just having a bad day and you go to fellowship and someone comes up and they just give you a word of encouragement and all of a sudden all the things you were thinking about yourself, all these negative things, they begin to clear out. So when you think, well, the only thing is a sin. No, no, no. Sometimes it's just how we feel about ourselves, our identity, and someone comes up and speaks the truth. That's why God's like, the church is so important. Look at that. Just, you, could, you could be cleaning someone's house and you don't even know could be cleaning someone's house for them and not even know just by telling them something good you know encouraging them saying what God says about them so those are some ways that we can clean up you know we can't go through life pretending that everything is fine pretending it's easy to love people it's not always easy to love people is it sometimes we're not easy to love but we still guess what I am not easy to love all the time and I still want people to love me And I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. Sometimes you're not easy to love, but you still want people to love you, right? So we can quit pretending that it's always easy to love everybody. Sometimes it's difficult. That's why we need to be like, Jesus, get over here in front of me. You lead, because if I lead, we're going somewhere no no one wants to go. When you're supposed to love people and they act in crazy, you'd be like, Jesus! I need you here now, like in front of me, aside me, behind me, everywhere, because you know what? My mind, my thought, my body wants to do all of these things. And Jesus is like, no. <laughs> you want to go slap nobody. But I, you know, and Jesus is slapping me as I want. <laughs> he doesn't do that, does he? But see, that's what we can't just pretend. We got to actually go in there and begin to clean up. And you know, the more we see, and you know, I was talking. Where's the young lady? I was talking to these young ladies earlier. Um, Mackenzie's working. Oh, there you are. I was talking to them, and I was like, you know, and, and I was saying sometimes with people, we don't have to have them as our best friends, but we can at least have compassion, you know, because we don't know what they're going through. And so when we access the Holy Spirit, and we begin to know, and, and we keep it clean, so even though someone may come and hurt us, we can say, I don't have to be mad at them. I don't have to hold unforgiveness or anything. Um, and just teaching them, like, hey, you know what? It's okay. And that's, that's what it is when, we are in, when we're cleaning things up. And so we can do that. And that was just really awesome conversation. These ladies are awesome. And they were already on there. They were like, you guys were already on that path. Like, we don't have to hate people even if they hate us. And I thought, there you go, because you know the word of God. So good job, ladies. Um, so... 
things like that. We don't have to pretend it's easy. We don't have to pretend we don't get jealous. How many guys have been jealous? How many times have we envied something? You know, I clean people's million-dollar houses or cottages that they visit once a year. And as I'm sitting in their bathtubs that are bigger than a queen-size bed, looking out this window over this beautiful thing, sometimes I'm like, Lord, I'm working hard, and these people, they don't even care. Sometimes I get a little jealousy in there. And the Lord's like, did I not allow your eyes to see this view? See, but when you're connected with the Lord, you don't have to keep making that mess. Immediately I thought, I'm so thankful. I get to see this view. I get to be, you've put me in a place that I get to enjoy this beauty and provide for my family. Instead of being jealous, now it becomes a blessing. That's what happens when we begin to clean things up. Doesn't mean those things aren't going to come. They're going to come. We can't pretend we never get mad at each other. Sometimes we're mad. And sometimes, me and my girl, sometimes we'll be in fight and we'll be like, I'm just mad. Okay, I get that. We're just mad. I will clean, I want to clean this up, but right now I'm just mad. Okay, I can understand that you're just, it's just emotion. That's easy to clean up, isn't it? Because we know what to do. So we don't have to just pretend like we never get mad or, or anything. Just everything is just so good all the time. This fake smile. Oh, it's just so great. And I'm like, <laughs> we don't have to pretend. We can actually access the Holy Spirit, start cleaning things up and be like, yeah, that made me so mad. But then I remember what God said. So I don't have to hold on to that mat, being angry, and let it turn into bitterness, and then keep holding it on, and then it becomes to seep out as stains in my life, and anyone that I'm around, they just hear that bitterness coming out of me, and now instead of leading people to Jesus, I'm turning them from him. See, that's why we've got to keep it clean. That's why we've got to continually keep it clean, because our goal is to spread the gospel, to talk about Jesus, and for people to see Jesus in our lives. Now on that note, some of you guys might be having a clean house and you're showing Jesus and it makes people mad because they're not willing to clean up their house. So if you're there, just pray for them. There's nothing else you can do. You can't convince them. You can't make them. You say, Lord, meet them. Help them clean it up. Because I think sometimes we then accept that bitterness because they're mad at us because we love Jesus. Because things seem to be going right in our lives. They may not see all the little stains, but you know, when things are going right sometimes, does that create jealousy? I've lost most, the most friends that I've lost in my life have not because, been because of something I did, not to say that I haven't done stuff. <laughs> I make bad choices at times, but most of my friends that I've lost in my life has become, been because of jealousy. And I thought, man, at least let me do something terrible to you, so at least you have a reason I mean, what would you like me to do? Like, if you really want me to, I'll slap you. That way you can tell everyone that I abused you. I don't know. Like, give me something that I can clean up. But I can't clean up someone else's jealousy, can I? But I can just say, I love them, I forgive them, and move on with my life and keep it clean and not be like, well, they shouldn't think that about me. I did everything nice to them, and this is how. That's exhausting, isn't it? Exhausting. Layla came to me 
and she said she had something happen in her life and and she's like how do you do that how do you just she said how do you just even want to have friendships or build any new friendships when you've just had people do this to you you know cause she's experiencing this and and I said well because you don't she's like well you don't forget you you remember I said yeah you remember but when you put the blood of Christ on it you realize every single person that comes into your life should have that same opportunity you shouldn't be like I'm not having any more new friends because these people you know were messy and they hurt me it doesn't mean you should bring those messy people in and let them just keep hurting you. You clean it up and say, I love you from over there. But you don't stop loving people. You don't stop going to... How many, I am so sick of people stopping going to church because somebody made them mad and somebody at church hurt them. Church is not for you. It is for God, and he created it for his kingdom, which you are part of. And see, we do that, and the enemy's like, I'm winning, yes. He's winning when we do that. Isn't that terrible when you think about it like that? But you know what? We need to keep it clean because we're part of a kingdom, not just for ourselves. God's like, I love you, and I want you to have all blessing. I want you to have all freedom. I want you to experience my love. He does that for us personally, and then he also does that for the body. So we are a single unit, and we are also connected. So if we allow bitterness and unforgiveness to stay in there, and we come into our body, guess what? We're letting that cancer spread. Right? If you're part of the body and you bring something negative into it that you refuse to clean up, what's happening in the atmosphere? That's why it's got to be our job to make sure we keep our hearts, our souls clean. You know, it starts with this little these little hidden things, just a little stain that you don't want to deal with. So you cover it up. And eventually we have so many that we can't cover it up. We've made so many, we've broken so many relationships, we've hurt so many people that we haven't went and repented to or anything like that, that, you know what? All of a sudden now we have this wall because it's just so stained and anybody that comes near us is like, ooh, I don't know what's going on there, but I don't want to be around that. You ever have that? times I've been that and there's times I've had that (laughs) and I do know that it's easier it's easier just to act like everything's good cover up deny it pretend you know it's easy la 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 you know I don't want to hear it like especially when you were a little kid it's like la 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 I can't hear you I can't hear you like you know, especially to your siblings when they want you to do something. I remember that all the time. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Because it's like once I hear it, I can't unknow it. So it's easier to deny. So why, why do we have to keep things clean and tidy? Why can't we just do what we want to do and live how we want to live and it doesn't hurt anybody else? Well, because it does hurt other people. How we live our lives affects other people, and it hurts other people. And you know what? Sometimes how we live determines if people go to heaven or hell. Because you might be the person that God's like, I put this person in your life as your destiny to, so that you can introduce them to me. Because that's how God operates. He said, I'm a kingdom. He's the king, but he said, we're a whole kingdom. So the reason we have to keep it clean. We have to keep our souls tidy is so that people can see Jesus. 
It's so people can see Jesus. We don't want our walk or our light to get lost in the hordes of unresolved, unrepented pains in our heart. We don't want our light. Do you guys understand? We don't want our light. You ever been and seen that show Hoarders where you can't even get through? We don't want our light to get lost in that and have so much stuff that even if people are trying to, they're looking for Jesus, they can't find him because there's so much unrepentant, unresolved pains that we're walking with. I love what it says in Psalms 32. Start in one, it says, It is a great blessing when people are forgiven for the wrongs they have done, when their sins are erased. I agree with that. It is a great blessing when the Lord says they are not guilty when they don't try to hide their sins. Lord, I prayed to you again and again, but I didn't mention my sins. I didn't talk about them. So I only became weaker and more miserable. He's not talking about you go and you just yell your sins from here. He's he's talking to the Lord right here. He's talking to the Lord and saying, I didn't bring those sins to you, Lord, so that you could you know, wash them away, saying, and what happened is I became weaker and more miserable. Every day you made life harder for me. I became like a dry land in the hot summertime. But then I decided to confess my sins to the Lord. I stopped hiding my guilt, and I told you about my sins. And here's the part. Here's the part you need to hear. You forgave them all. talking to the Lord. He said, I came to you and I confessed my sins and you forgave them all. All. So there's nothing we need to hide. There's nothing, you know, that we need to rearrange so people, so that we don't see because God sees them and he's like, bring them to me. I'm going to forgive them all. And you're not even going to be guilty. Even if someone tries to bring, you know, it against you, it doesn't matter because God's going to be like, I don't see any guilt here. This is forgiven. That is why your loyal followers pray to you while there is still time, that when trouble arises like a flood, it will not even reach them. For you are the hiding place for me. You protect me from my troubles. You surround me and protect me. He really wants you to know you're protected. So I sing about the way you saved me. I have read that verse so many times and I never heard that verse before. Like I've just read it, but when I looked in there and I thought, I never saw where it said I became weaker and miserable. So if you're weak or miserable, I'd be like, Lord, reveal to me what sin I need to clean up. Because he just said that's, what, that's how you become weak and miserable. Unrepentant sin. It doesn't have to be big things either. Sometimes we're like, those are just little sins. But you know what? God said, I'm going to forgive them all. Sin makes us weak and miserable, and we don't deal with it. It's evident in our life, and everyone else around us can tell too, right? When you have someone who is bitter and has unrepented sin, they may think they're hiding it. But can you see it? You know, and if you have a relationship with the Lord, it doesn't make you angry, right? It makes your heart go out to him. And be like, oh man, I'm going to pray that repentance comes to your life so you can be free, so you can get out of that prison. 
But when we go to Jesus, he's our hiding place. He's our protector. And we can sing about what he has done for us. That's why whenever God gives me a word, I'm always included in it. It's not like, you guys need to clean house. The Lord's like, you need to clean house. Because then I can sing about what he has done because the Lord is no receptor of persons. So if I can say, he did this for me, this was messy, and guess what? He loves you just the same and he's going to do it for you. So I can sing about what God has done and then also what he's going to do for you. Because he's going to forgive all of your sins. You call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I'm going to forgive all your sins. No matter how small, how big, how long you've been holding them. If you've been hoarding them your whole life. He says, I'm going to forgive them all. So clean it up. Put out in the open what you need to put out in the open. I mean, to the Lord, put it out there. I don't mean just go and yell from your rooftops. Things. I'm, the Lord said bring it to him. If you need reinforcements, get reinforcements. Sometimes we don't know how to clean it up. Guess what? You have an entire body of believers. You can say, hey, you know what? I, I just really struggle with my temper, and I see that you are like a really calm and peaceful person, and you just never get mad. Like, how do you do that? Like, you've had all these terrible things happen in your life, and you never get mad. And they can, and they can probably give you some wisdom from the Lord on that. They can probably be like, oh, you know what? When I get mad... I just go read the word. You know, I just remind myself to zip my lip until I've spoke to the Lord. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of things that the Lord does. And so if you need reinforcements because you don't know what to do, get them. You have them. They're available to you. You know, seek out wisdom. Lord, I don't know what to do. And the Lord's like, I gave you the word of God. There's so many answers in there. Seek it out. Okay, Lord, what can I do about worry? And the Lord reminds you, you know, don't I take care of you? Don't I know every hair on your head? If I make sure the birds have a home, don't you think you being my creation that, you know, that my son died for, that I wouldn't care for you also? And it's like, yeah, I don't need to worry about this. The Lord said, you know what, that he's going to provide and take care of me. And it can reassure you, right? Because we can get that from his word. And that word will give you, it will, it will give you wisdom on what to keep, what to get rid of. Some things are, are good, our kindness, our love, you know, our patience, all of those things, they're in our house, and they're good. And we got them from the Lord, so make sure we're not getting rid of, you know, the gifts of the Spirit. Because <laughs> that wisdom will tell us what we need to get rid of and what we need to keep. We just need, I'm going to finish with this, we just need to keep it clean. Go to God daily if you need to, hourly if you need to. You know, ask for help. Get reinforcements. If you, if you need to, you know, repent to somebody, if you've hurt people, you don't have to go into everything. Sometimes the Lord's like, you know, you hurt these people. And I was like, I didn't even know. And the Lord will be, just be like, just tell them, like, if I hurt you, I'm sorry. It can be that simple. And maybe you don't see them, but you just actively on your own say, you know what, Lord, if there's people that I've hurt, will you just minister to them? Will you just meet them? If I can't, will you just meet them? And if you've done terrible things to people, go and say, you know what, I was not. Because, you know, we, do, we don't do terrible things or hurt people because we just want to be terrible, right? It comes from pain. 
It comes from being messy and hoarding all of that for so long. And so guess what? We lash out or we say things or we judge or we get jealous or we get envious, you know, or we get rude or we do these things. And so you just walk up and you say, you know what? I don't know why I acted like this. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Take the wind out of their sail, doesn't it? Because I don't think, you know what? When we love the Lord, we don't have in us that malice and wanting to hurt people. It can't live there. We might accidentally hurt people out of pain or not knowing, but we don't have the ability, if Christ is living in us, to actively just hurt people to hurt people, to want to do that. Because that's darkness, isn't it? That's evil. That's like the enemy. And it says light and dark can't reside together. So if we keep our souls clean, our spirit is always clean. Once, it, once we have Jesus, we don't ever have to worry about our spirit. It's going to heaven. We know that. But our soul tends to want to keep going back to the world. It experiences what the body experiences sometimes. That's why we got to keep it clean. You know, we can't go weeks without cleaning our house. It's gross. I clean for a living. I know it's gross. <laughs> right? It's the same with our heart. We don't want to go days where we're just letting it get messy, and then when we finally realize, I've pushed everyone away, I've been living this way for so long, I've been hurt for so long, now I don't even know where to start. Now it's overwhelming. Who's going to forgive me? And we start believing the lies that the enemy told us. You know what? You've made such a mess of your life, no one's going to forgive you. That's just too much. And so we do nothing. We just sit there. Or we do worse. We just think, well, I might as well just keep stacking it up. Let today be the day that you clean house and say, I don't want it to be the same as it was yesterday. I'm going to clean this up. Ask the Lord where, you need to, where it needs to be cleaned up. Start with one area. I don't know what God is saying to you because you know what? I don't need to hear for God, from God for you. You hear from God for you because you know what? You have the same relationship with the Lord. You have the same access but, you know, the healthier you get, the healthier the body gets, and the more we can, the more people are going to meet Jesus. So we are one person in the church collectively that is changing generations. So don't think, well, it's, I'm just one person, or nobody cares about me, or nobody does this. You are important. You are vital. You are born at this time, in this place, for this season. And you are important. If you are sitting here today, you are an important part of this body, this community, of what we're going to do just for the community, but for other families in this area, and that we're going to touch the world. You are not here by accident. You weren't born into this generation because, you know, of your parents. God chose you for this season, this stage, this place, this area, and with these people. You may not realize that, but God does. And so it's important that we take care of that so that collectively we can see people come into the kingdom. Isn't that good? How many of you guys enjoy being in the kingdom? Yes, that's good. How many of you guys know people who are not in the kingdom? How does that hurt your heart to watch them walking outside of there? It's terrible. When we know how good our lives are, we know how good it is, we know we have an eternity. And to watch people every day walking past you, working beside you, maybe in your own household, 
that don't get to have that peace. That's how it, you know why it feels terrible? Because that's Jesus' heart. Because he wants everybody, even what we think is the worst of the worst, he is still reaching for them. He still wants them. On the cross, he still wanted that thief. How many of us would be like, this person stole, they did this and this and all these crimes, they get what they deserve. Well, if we all got what we deserve, we would all deserve death. We would all deserve a separation from God for all eternity. But we need to remember, be thankful that they're not getting what they deserve, but we're also not getting what we deserve. Thankful for the grace that happened on the cross when Jesus said, I give my life for you so that you can spend an eternity in heaven. Doesn't that make you want to clean stuff up when you see that? So let's pray.